Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to Play Tessie. If you're listening on Drop Day, it's February 12th, and this is episode 38, 38. Brandon Lyon wore 38 and was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks for Kurt Schilling, who famously wore 38 for the Red Sox. And then later in the future, the pride of Pawtucket, Ruzne Castillo, number 38. Before, Quick, favorite Ruzne Castillo memory? Go. Um, when he signed with the Red Sox. <laughs> What a legend, dude. Hey, my fun. When Rusne Castillo had his uh, intro, he like took his physical at Fenway and had his intro presser. And at the time, like he was supposed to be this like like we were all so excited. Like this was like a huge signing at the time. Like we were all pumped. And I was at Fenway with a few friends and he was just like there to do his I don't even know if he had a press conference because he definitely didn't speak English. If he did, he did it through an interpreter. He may have just like done a media scrum or something, but he was like right there on the field and we we like took pictures with him and I was like, oh my God, like this guy's going to be like the next dude. Like we were like a year removed from winning the World Series and we're seeing Ruzne Castillo. This guy's going to push him over the top, the next Jose Abreu. Sadly not. But has a, has a hype train ever died out quicker? Because he played, if I remember correctly, I don't, I think it was 2014 or yeah, he came up in September, played a few games, put up good numbers, and then they were like, all right, you're going to start the next year in AAA. And we pretty much, we barely saw him after that. He came up Never. a little bit. Did they like suppress his contract by? Yes. They, they changed They changed the rules since then. I think the way it used to work is that if you kicked the guy off of the 40 man, 
that his salary didn't count towards the luxury tax. Now that's no more. But I think they literally changed that rule because of Ruzne Castillo. So yeah, 38. One of the quickest hype trains ever. Oh, God. Big deal, and then gone. Like overnight. Oh, he was supposed to be so good, and it was just so evident so fast. I don't know. But he was the pride of Pawtucket. Dude, they they should have a statue out in Worcester for him. Absolute legend. The best they'll ever have there. You just you can't top it. He's like because if you're if you're that good there, you're gonna get called up. There's no scenario where a player can be that good and not get called up. So Rusne Castillo's legend will live forever. But this is the official podcast of talking baseball when there's no baseball to be talked about, also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEI. But yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. We're recording this thing before the game, so we don't know the outcome. Uh, we'll get we'll get some score predictions at the end just to see if we're right, which we obviously will be. But I mean, yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday, NBA trade deadline just passed, and the All Star game's coming up. Like we're like at the longest period of time without baseball that we'll have before seeing actual footage of pitchers and catchers and all that. So we'll have baseball soon, but it, it doesn't happen now. But you still got us. That's how awesome we are. It's freaking Woo-hoo. Super Bowl Sunday. We're here talking socks. Well, you know, we got to talk about Red Sox addressed a need in a big way yesterday or on Friday or uh, Saturday. If you're listening on Monday, <laughs> needed a left handed reliever and boy, did they go out and get one. <laughs> and I'm talking about Lucas Litke and Gordo <laughs> for a little peek behind the scenes. Gordo mm. was going nuts when they Oh, yeah. He couldn't get enough Litke. He was dropping Litke nuggets into the chat. It was a Litke day for us. I hope I'm pronouncing that. Is it Litke? It might be Lutke. Lucas Litke. All right. Well, anyway, Lucas Litke. Litke. Uh, I think it's Litke. I think you're right. I think you're right. Background, folks, get fired up. Litke is 36 years old. He'll be 37 when the season starts, or he'll turn 37 right after the season starts. Last year... He had an ERA below seven and a half at 724, 13 innings for the Braves. But jokes aside, he was actually a pretty solid pitcher uh, for the Yankees from what, 2021 to 2022? De- decent, decent reliever. Really good, actually. Like ERA yeah. in like the mid, like two seven ish both years. Like, I don't know. I, I remember watching him pitch against the Sox, lefty specialist, like a guy who would definitely be better under the old rules, but. Minor league deal, left-handed reliever. Been there, done that in the AL East. Coming off a terrible year, but no risk. It's, it's if you're signing minor league deals, like what, what, whatever, man. It's it. We'll take it. Can only do good. Yeah, I mean, there's. I like what do I? I don't even know what I want to say about Lucas Lipke. If he bounces back, okay, cool. Yeah, it's like pitcher. If not, no harm, no foul. We got two. Really cool lefties, I think. Brennan Bernardino and Chris Murphy. No bias here. They do both happen to be play Tessie alumni. But now you got Lucas Lipke as well. He's a guy. He's capable. He's been around the block. He's played on the uh, the West Coast as well. Uh, so maybe he played for the Mariners uh, like eight years ago. Maybe he's got the keys to beating them. Gordo, did you think about that? They literally brought him in just for the opening series to be DFA'd four days into the season on Netflix. 
on Netflix. Just what do you remember about when you played for Seattle eight years ago? <laughs> like nobody's the staff is gone. Oh man. But uh yeah. Are you you seem hyped about this one? <laughs> so hyped, man. Lucas Lecky. I think I think that's our I don't know, is have we exhausted everything Lucas Lecky? We can we can exhaust he stunk last year. He was good two years ago, he was good three years ago. He's thirty-seven. Good, let's see. Does he have uh, like playoff numbers? Hold on. Let's let's check this out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta we gotta make sure. Gotta give Lucas Licky his uh his due, his necessary due. He deserves it. He also announced the signing himself, which I I appreciate it. Like it's like no no no. I ain't leaking it. You'll yeah, see he's a veteran. Yeah. Been there, done that. I think he, I want to say he got traded from the Yankees to the Braves last year. I don't think he was signed, but. He's a guy for sure. We have a confirmation. He is a human being. He's on the team. He's going to be um, fighting for a spot in the bullpen. I can't find his playoff numbers. He might not have. He may not have. He may not have made their playoff roster. He definitely didn't make the Braves one, but. Let's see. Let's see. This is good. This is good podcasting right here. Yeah, I don't see anything unless I'm looking in the. Uh, in the yeah, wrong. there's no way this guy's freaking throwing a playoff inning. Let's and. See. Career. I'm going to his career. This is the we're we're currently building the uh, anticipation for uh, finding out to see if. Yeah, I don't think this dude's pitched in the postseason. This is kind of tough. Who the hell turns 37 and they've never pitched in the postseason? Couldn't be. Here's me. a little nugget. He pitches like you. You kind of alluded to this. He dominates lefties over his career. Uh, two 387 played appearances against lefties. Or sorry, he's faced 287 lefties, 605 OPS. So they really don't touch him at all, which is nice. Good numbers at home, which is a good sign considering he spent a lot of his time in Yankee Stadium, which is tiny. So there you go. He's got a uh, he's got some stuff. Let's check his numbers when he's pitching in a full count. <laughs> he does not do well. Okay, so the key with Lucas Litke, don't let this guy get to a full count because batters have an 8.59 OPS off. Oh. Oof. And that's Lucas Litke talk for the day. Yep. That's what people... Do you think we're the only podcast who's covered Lucas Litke? At this point, I think almost certainly. I think... And, and I think you could go... You could fast forward multiple weeks and we will be the only podcast that talked about Lucas Lucky for more than two minutes for sure. I hope he's like super impactful to the team this year and comes on the show and then we'll be like, we, Oh yeah, we were, not- we were there day one. We're the, we're the lucky day oneers. but and don't, and don't think we were being sarcastic about the signing because we weren't, we were excited. Oh yeah. Excited. Yeah. We'll put, we'll play the tape. But uh, speaking of day oneers, I got to give you a little bit of credit here, Sammy. Because the I want to say last week, and certainly we talked about it last episode. Your your Jaron Duran to uh to San Diego Padres, who says no trade proposal. What was it? Was it just Duran for uh what's his face? Uh, it was Duran for Lesko, but I said the yeah, Red Sox still have Lesko. to add like a little like a prospect to Duran just because Lesko is so highly touted. Right. So you had you you proposed that, and then the very next day, Robert Murray goes on his stream, and Robert Murray's like. I mean, he's future Jeff Passan. Let's be real. Like this guy, this guy is as in the know Dude, as they come. I did not realize how young that guy is. I thought oh, Robert, he's a kid. Robert Murray, that's an adult name. That's like a 
a 45 year old guy name. So when I saw him and he's like early thirties, I was like, what the hell? Or he might, is he, it is. Dude, he's, he's, he's younger than you. Oh my God. He's in his twenties. I don't know. He's like right around my age. I'm 27. He's, he's probably within a year of me, give or take. He's younger than you. Cause you're like 42, right? Yeah. I'm 43 actually. Yeah. Just oh, okay. 43, 43. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Robert Murray knows this shit. Like he's, he's great. He says the Red Sox and the Padres, he can confirm they have had talks about Jaron Duran. You could go online and like see a bunch of random people reporting a bunch of random shit, but that's the one, uh, that's the one to trust. So the talks have happened. Um, I would think that it's more likely than not that go if that that if they're gonna deal a Durant, it would be for a young pitcher, potentially a minor league pitcher. Like I see a lot of people hoping and praying that it's like a Musgrove thing, and I know Peter Gammons floated out the Musgrove name like a few weeks ago, like kind of randomly in one of his tweets. I don't know. Yeah. It's I don't think it's gonna be for Musgrove. I think Musgrove makes sense. The only problem is he has a no trade clause and he's a local. Right. San Diego. So, I mean, if he'll waive that, then sure. But if he's not gonna, can't do it. Also, I don't want to take too much credit because if you go and you look at the Padres, like their pipeline, it's Robbie Snelling, who's their number one pitching prospect. So automatically I thought, okay, they're not going to give up their number one guy for Duran, as great as Duran could be. And then their number two guy is Lesko, same age as Snelling, I believe. And then the number three guy is a little bit lesser, Drew Thorpe, who came over from the Yankees, who mm-hmm. a good pitching prospect, but not at the same level as Lesko and Snelling. So process of elimination, I ended up on Lesko. So I don't, I, I don't think I deserve too much credit, but don't I am. Don't play yourself. You get the yeah. credit. Come on, you get the credit. Hey, imagine, kinda, imagine know. they trade for Drew Thorpe, and it's like you just take the Yankees pitching pipeline and just put it on the Red Sox. Drew Thorpe and Dick Fitz. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't love that. I wouldn't. No, like, God, no, I'd hate it. Terrible, but I wouldn't love that. Yeah, that's. I want to get like. I either want someone to quote unquote overpay, or I guess pay full price for Duran, no matter regardless of how you want to look at it, or just keep the guy. Just because we talked about this last episode, um, for as low as the floor is, like he could be totally, totally nothing with bad defense, like we've seen before. For as low as that is, the ceiling is just like we saw it last year: ground ball to right field, double. Stealing bases, little bit of home run power, not a ton, probably like a teens kind of home runs, but a ton of doubles, which is what you want. Strikeouts still a little bit high. I feel like that high fastball is always going to be an issue for him. He kind of like that's I feel like that's the book on him that has been the book on him. But if he can lay off of that great ball player, but that's easier said than done. So either to, to put a bow on it, full price for Duran or keep the guy. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you there, Sammy. I like I, I love Jaron Duran. He's one of my favorite players on the team. Like my dude from last year, if he made the all-star team, I was going. So mm-hmm. I just the second I had something on the line, like it just makes you fall in love double. But yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Like I I just need to be blown away. Cause I just as much as they seem to be operating like they're not in a position to compete this year. I just don't think they're that far off. And I think that if a few things go right and they make a couple of, maybe not even a couple, maybe just one big necessary move, then maybe they could compete. Are you but, coming around at all on the, the uh, Lesko idea? Would you be all right with that? Cause I know you were, you didn't love it at first. I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily coming around on it, but I, there is a scenario where I'd be fine with it. Like if they 
obviously, if you trade Jaron Duran, you believe that between Sedan Rafaela and Roman Anthony, you have your center fielder of the future there. So I think it goes without saying that if they trade Duran, they believe that. But to me, it's about replacing him for this year, a year in which you can compete. Yeah. If they replaced him with Michael A. Taylor and still signed a DH, and that's like a big a big thing for me, like still sign a DH. Don't don't trade Durant, sign Michael A. Taylor, and say you've added the bat. But like, imagine Wait. the outfield defense there, Sammy. Like left field, left to right, Yoshida would DH in this scenario, and you would go what? Like O'Neal, O'Neal in left. O'Neal won a Gold Glove in left field, so I want him in left. And then Taylor and center, and what Abreu, Rafaela in right. Yeah. So okay, I was gonna ask if Duran is traded, would you'd rather them sign Michael A. Taylor in lieu of just giving the job to Rafaela? Because I think I'd be fine with like, and we discussed this uh, just you and I. We we talked about this in private, but I feel like even if Rafaela doesn't hit. I'm fine with him being the center fielder and just kind of developing at the major league level. I know, I know we think they can contend this year and they can, you know, technically if everything goes right. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Michael A. Taylor is also a lot older than I thought he was. He's 33 in a few days. So. Wow. um, Yeah. And a bit, but to be fair, 21 home runs last year, career high, uh, 13 stolen bases too. And he's playing great defense in center field. I won a gold glove in 2021. So I thought I thought I was gonna sneeze. I'm not gonna sneeze. I thought I I thought I was gonna sneeze. No, Uh, God, that totally made me lose my train of thought. Uh, Oh, okay. To your point about just entrusting Rafaela, if the Red Sox are completely tanking the season, then by all means, entrust Rafaela. I don't think they need to do that. And then, like the option that I would pick is you sign you sign whoever the best player is that you can get to a one-year deal. And it doesn't even need to be a center fielder because I would trust Tyler O'Neill to play a Fenway Park center field. I don't think I would trust William Abreu to play there full-time or even close to full-time, but I would I would trust Tyler O'Neill with maybe some sprinkled in Rafaela. If you sign Duvall, you can sprinkle him in there. Like, it doesn't need to be perfect. But like for the sake of argument, let's say Michael A. Taylor, you get him on a one-year deal. Like If they trade Duran, that's the guy who I would like. So I'm just going to pretend that that's the scenario. One-year deal, you trade him at the deadline if the team isn't good, and Rafaela has then two months with that job fully his to prove himself, to develop, whatever you whatever you need to see from him to know if he's your guy in 2025. Like you don't you don't need to give him the full year. And to be honest with you, you could start him out in AAA, similarly to how they started Duran down there last year, and situations arise like guys get hurt. Like he's gonna come up at some point. Like it's not like yeah, if you sign up. guys, he's just going to be in AAA until August when you trade guys. Like, he'll come up. Yeah. All right. So, follow-up question. You said that you would think about Michael A. Taylor because you want the Red Sox to compete in 2024, even if they do trade Jaron Duran. So, my question to you is, who bats first if you trade Duran? And I got an idea, but I want to hear who you are going to say. God. I mean, that's 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 honestly my biggest beef with the idea of trading Durant is because they already don't have a three hitter right now. Right now, Trevor story is not a three hitter. The dude had an OPS in the five hundreds last year. Like he's not a three hitter. It's going to be your number three hitter, Gordo. They don't think they need one. Justin Turner. Yeah. Let mm. him know. We'll see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be first then? 
if you traded Duran, let's say they get Michael A. Taylor, he's he's the replacement, and I don't yeah. think that Michael A. Taylor is an option to bat first. Seven twenty no. PS guy, um, hundred thirty strikeouts. Ooh, God, hundred thirty strikeouts in a hundred fifty-five plate appearances for Michael A. Taylor. Dude, is it literally Vaughn just, Grissom? Is just, it is it Grissom? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking. Because you have to <clears throat> excuse me, you have to think you're going Devers too. So you got Grissom, Devers, probably Story third, which we we both don't love. But as much as as much as we believe he'll bounce back, it's just not an ideal place to put him to start. So Grissom, Devers, Story, Casas, and then you figure out the rest. But that's I mean, it's not great. That's still better than most teams, I would say. Your two hitter and your four hitter are great. Like, yeah, you've got a two hitter that's as good as any two hitter. You got a four hitter who should be as good as any cleanup hitter. You're in a good spot there. But the issue is like Vaughn Grissom has played what? Like his most games he's played in a year is what? In the 50s? Uh, We could could look that up to verify, but it's not very much. And he didn't play very much last year. I know he had great numbers in AAA, but as we've seen, like we've Bobby Dahlbeck had great numbers in AAA. Vaughn Grissom has played 64 major league games in two years. So, okay. That would be your leadoff hitter, which is so unbelievably on brand for the Red Sox over the last three years. Oh, we We, have not had a leadoff hitter. We never have leadoff hitters. Not even, not even not having a leadoff hitter, but just putting guys in spots that they've never had to deal with before and mass, like in a big way. I'm fine if, you know, you have a good team and hey, we want to give the number eight or nine hole in the lineup and the center field job to Sedan Rafaela. We're not sure if he can handle it, but you know, we got a good lineup around him, a good pitching staff, a good bullpen. The defense is good. If he falters, we can handle it. It's not like that at all. It's like, we got a guy coming off a 500 OPS season who hasn't played well in two years. We're going to bat him third. We have a guy who's played 64 MLB games ever. He's going to be our leadoff batter. How's that sound? Oh, and by the way, we have two backup catchers. We have the second worst defensive third baseman in the league. Like we just got guys doing stuff that they can't like they haven't done. Oh, will you Abreu? He's your starting outfielder. He's never done it before. And this is not to say we don't believe in these guys. It's just, that's a lot to ask. Of well, go through, go through the whole thing. It. Go and through then, the whole thing. And then we have, if you trade Kenley Jansen, Oh my God, just keeps going. Then you got to have a brand new closer who probably doesn't have closing experience. You have, um, there was another one I was going to say. Oh, your fifth starter? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Currently, yeah. It's going to be as good As yeah. good as the reports so far have have been on, on Hauk and Whitlock, it's just hard when we've like seen – and I'm like a big Whitlock truther, but it, it's hard to, to put trust in these guys when we've seen over a year – of data on them and it just hasn't been that great. But like you mix all that together. Like I can take question marks if the middle of your order is like beefed up, but like, look, look at the other outfield positions. Like Tyler O'Neill is, is going to start for you. And like, I really like Tyler O'Neill, but he's another guy who it's like, you get to have two or three, maybe question marks and the rest has to be certain right now. It's like they have eight question marks and two are certain. Like crazy here. Let's go, let's go, go up and down the lineup. We'll do the full thing. Go go position by yeah. Position by position. Two guys who are decent, but both profile as a backup, right? And certainly don't hit. Yep, neither of them hit very well. I think Wong is the perfect backup catcher. Oh, yeah. But they have two backup catchers. And Reese is too. Decent defense, bats left-handed. That's another guy. Good backup catcher. Sure. Two of those. First base, we're set with Casas. Grissom, 
Switching from short to second, I think he can make that switch, but he's a starting second baseman the first time in his career. That's a question mark. And he hasn't, you haven't given him, he hasn't had a full season of at-bats before. Like they, like these guys, when they, when they first come up and they first have, what, their first 100, 200, 300 appearances, like we've seen the ups Christian and downs. 216 at-bats in the majors ever. Right. And that's your starting second baseman and leadoff man if Duran goes. And those guys go up and down. Like he's going to have his highs, but he's going to have his lows because pitchers make adjustments. And then it's going to be up to him to adjust. We've seen this song and dance. We saw it even like we call Casas a sure bet, but we saw it with him last year in his rookie season. Like, oh, yeah. He was like the worst hitter in baseball for a month before he figured it out. He was awful. Thank God he figured it out. But yeah. Ugh. All right. So moving moving down now, we got shortstop Trevor Story. We just discussed coming off a 52 OPS plus season. Oh has had a full, solid, productive season since 2021. And if you remember, people were saying that's a down year for Story. If he repeated his 2021 in 2024, we would be thrilled. He had an 801 OPS that year, uh, 24 home runs, 20 stolen bases, and then his usual good defense. That would be huge. I would gladly take that. Well, you? That's the thing, Sammy, is is when people talk about the Trevor Story bounce back, and this is why I have such a problem with him hitting third. When people talk about the bounce back, they're saying, let him play as good a defense as he played last year, but just have league average offensive production, which is which by all means would be a really, really productive season. It's just not the three hitter. Like You don't have a league average bat in the three hole. You just don't do it. You can't he have had, it. Okay, so that 2021 season, he was a league average bat, 102 OPS plus, so 2% better than average. Still a 2020 guy with good defense, 34 doubles, five triples. So that's almost 40 extra base hits. That's good. That's a good, I'll take that, but that's not who I want betting third. I agree with you. Yeah. You third can get base. away with it though with Devers and uh, Costas, but the problem is it kind of, the lineup kind of falls off. Well, we'll go over it. We'll go over it. All right. Third, third base, base, Devers. Devers, you're going to get off elite offense, bottom of the barrel defense. Not much to go over there. Um, left field, Yoshida, bad defense. We hope he can hit for a full season. Yeah, we'll but see. Another I think, I think he can, but you don't know. Yep. You don't know. It's another you don't know. Otherwise, another we'd be talking about him potentially being in the top half of this. I mean, he's probably going to be in the top half, but we'd be talking about him as a potential two hitter. Like he was hitting two, three, four a lot last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, center field, Duran, I think he's a huge question mark. We don't know which version we're going to get. High ceiling, low floor. We've talked about it ad nauseum. The defense, it looked okay. It was fine. fine. Not a plus, but not a minus. It got better. It's like on the upswing, so maybe there's room for more growth. Like, we'll see he's an athlete. So sure, there's always sure. room for growth there. So, but question mark. Definitely right, question mark. Yep, right field, you got William Abreu, prospect. That's a question mark in general. He's never done it for a full season, though he looked good in his cup of coffee in 2023. And O'Neal, who is a massive, massive injury risk with high upside, but another guy with a very low floor. That's like six of nine positions have major, major question marks. Who is like, the third that who's the third besides Devers and Casas that you didn't Actually, including the major, major question mark. Is it Yoshida? Seven of nine are question marks. Jesus Christ. Yoshida might be the third least question marky, and even he is very question marky because of those last two months. He just didn't hit. And when he doesn't hit, when he doesn't hit, he doesn't give you anything because he doesn't he doesn't run the bases well and he doesn't play defense. Like he has to hit. 
or his, else he's giving you nothing. His value is entirely tied to his bat. And I don't love having, and this is kind of why I've, I've uh, backed off a little bit of the Jorge Soler train. It's still like if they signed him, but then you'd have two guys, three guys, excuse me, Devers, Yoshida, Soler. You could argue Casas too, though I think his defense will be fine, where all of the value is tied to the bat. So not ideal. Uh, then you have the rotation. <laughs> you have Brian Bayo, who he's a, gen- a gentle question mark. He had a decent season last year. He wasn't amazing. He had some really good stretches, but overall he pitched kind of like a, a f- number four starter. Yeah, give, give him a little. Yeah, maybe. If you if you look at the overall numbers, but for the majority of the season, he was pitching like a two or three, and then it's yeah. like the end of the season kind of tanked it. Fair, I fair, feel fair. like if he's healthy, you can kind of pencil him in like for a guaranteed three with the upside for more, but yeah. I mean, obviously health of a young pitcher, like we have no idea. These guys, like young pitchers go down elbow injuries. Like you see it all the time. So you really can't count on anything from pretty much any pitcher. Yeah. He's a kid too. Like he's literally a yeah. kid. So, um, Giolito, we don't really That's have to a question mark. Yeah. Coming off the worst season of his career. Or one of them, uh, 48 home runs he gave up last year, which was the most in major league baseball by a good amount. So welcome to Fenway park. Hell yeah. That's where he will call home. Who's the number three star? Nick Pavetta split the season between the bullpen and the rotation. We have high hopes, but. And no one, no one has been more up and down than Pavetta. Like people oh, yeah. like to refer to Pavetta as a guarantee of sorts. And you can, because he's going to guarantee you innings, but he's not a guaranteed success. Yeah, no way. No way. We've seen, we've seen the ups and downs with him more than I think any Red Sox pitcher since what? Like Clay Buckles? Like, Yeah. Uh, like it's John not Lennon. quite as like Clay Buckles' highs were higher, and his lows may, eh, no, nah, nah. his lows are pretty low. <laughs> like hard to watch at points last yeah. year. But yeah, regardless, massive question mark. But Pavetta, one of the biggest question marks they have. But again, huge ceiling. We've seen it, especially with the new pitch, Whirly Bird. You know, he gets a new pitch, and everyone is sold. He'll be a guaranteed success. It's funny, but um, big question mark. Cutter Crawford. Moving Obvious along, question mark. Like I really yeah. like him, but yeah, yep, not really. Got to hope another step forward. Hope he, hopefully, he can eat more innings than he did last year. But you don't know that. There's nothing to indicate necessarily that he's going to. So you just got to hope. Yep. And then the most egregious, with all things considered, how the last two seasons have gone, especially 2023, where you had a three-man rotation for the last two months of the season. Somehow, somehow, the Red Sox with less than a week to go until pitchers and catchers report. Do not have a fifth starter. Instead, they are picking from a medley of, you guessed it, question marks. You have Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock, Cooper Criswell, uh, Josh Winkowski. It's 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 Houck and Whitlock. And it's insane. It's insane it's- to me. How do you watch last season and then go, <laughs> We only you, need one guy. We were talking about if they need three starters. Instead, they lose Sale, they lose Paxton, and they, they bring back Giolito. And so far, that's it. I'm praying that they add another one. But we're getting pretty close to crunch time here, buddy. <laughs> Do you remember last spring training? They came into camp with like five or six starters. And then they were, I think the most intriguing spring training outings last year from a pitching standpoint were when you saw Cutter Crawford throw, when you saw Josh Winkowski throw, when you saw 
the trio of Brian Mata, Brandon Walter, Chris Murphy, like kind of the five of those guys were seen as you're starting pitching depth beyond the guys that you had because Whitlock and Hauk were kind of penciled into the rotation. And we thought like me and when Kowski was thrown right into the bullpen, never got a chance to start really, except for like he opened once that wasn't really a start. Uh, but Cutter, like we all thought Cutter was destined for triple a, maybe gets a spot in the, in the bullpen. Instead, he's thrown into the rotation pretty much instantly because of what Paxton missed the start of the year. Bale missed the start of the year. Whitlock missed the start of the year. That's the issue. Sammy is, if if how can Whitlock are your like what seven, eight or six and seven starters, then it's like they'll get their chance. You build them up, and we've seen spring training. Like all it takes is one little blip in the radar for any of these starting pitchers to not be ready for opening day. Like they'll get their opportunity, just like Jaron Duran got his opportunity to play center field last year. Yeah, like these guys will have opportunities to start. You don't have to open up a rotation spot for them to give them their chance, which is why I still have hope and wish that they get another starter. And like, I don't know, like I, I've been saying, I think they will. And I, I don't know, I guess that hope might be waning a little bit just because pitchers and catchers are reporting. And, you know, even as they report more and more are falling off the board. It's just of every team in major league baseball. I feel like the Red Sox are the last one equipped to go into spring training, let alone the friggin' regular season without signing two starting. It's just crazy to me. We were talking about, like I just said, we, some of us thought we needed three in Boston, three starting pitchers in Boston to feel good about it. They've gotten one. And who's left? You got Snell and Montgomery. Snell's not going to happen. No shot. Montgomery, I still think there's a chance he comes here. I'm, that's my guy. I'm hoping and praying that he comes to Boston. That changes hey, everything. After, after Rob's, after Rob's uh, report and Rob... Bradfoe tweeted that uh, the Rangers have not had recent conversations with, with Montgomery due to the price, and that report, like I've, I've reason to believe that report is accurate. So, who else do you got? You got Brad Keller, not great. That's an innings eater. Hyungjin Ryu, Ryu. soft throwing, always hurt. Thirty-seven Lorenzen. years old. Eric Lorenzen. Lauer, Lorenzen, uh, Cueto is out there. He's thirty-eight years old. You want to sign him? Have fun. Clevin, Clevenger's still there. Clevenger, technically um, Julio Urias, but he's got some off-the-field concerns. Woodruff's not healthy until next year. Zach Greinke's 40. Did he retire? No, he's trying to get his 3,000 K. He's coming back. Okay. No, thank you. Um, that would Rizzi's be like – that's four. like the the 100th year anniversary Fenway part. Like if they brought Zach Greinke, it's like, hey, we got the 04, we got the 04 boys, and we got Zach Greinke chasing 3,000. Let's go. Scott Alexander is more of a reliever. Oh my God. Yeah. They're nah, running. Man, it's, it's, it's trade. If it's, it's to me, just based off of the little amount that we've heard, like the only thing outside of Monty and like, we've basically heard Snell is not happening. We've heard plenty of Monty smoke but outside of that. The only smoke with any of those free agents we've heard was that one Bradford report that said Clevenger wanted to pitch for the Red Sox. Didn't say anything beyond that. Didn't say if the Red Sox had interest, just said that. I, I personally think that it's either Monty or a trade. I I still think it's there's over a 50% chance that there is a starting pitcher brought in here before opening day that, that can yeah, help. It could, it could also be Lorenzen. He kind of fits the Craig Breslow uh, mold. He throws hard. His average fastball is 94. He gets a lot of whips, but that's not 
that's that's like a fourth or fifth starter. But at this point, I would rather that than, than going into the season without a full rotation. It's just crazy how I remember earlier in the offseason, I had a tweet where I said, if the Red Sox sign Yamamoto, would you be okay with Giolito being the oh, second? Oh, God. No. How the responses were, and by the way, I would have cried tears of joy if that was the offseason. Um, and half the response were like, now you got to get someone better than Giolito. Even if you get Yamamoto, it can't be Giolito. And now we're like, please just get us a full rotation. Let's get Lorenzo, please. Lorenzo would be fine. We would, the Red Sox would be so muscular with Duran, O'Neal, and Lorenzen. Pat Brown might be feeling a little insecure if that happens. No, Pat Pat would never be able to step foot in Massachusetts if those guys are all occupying Fenway Park locker rooms. It's just not – can't do it. <laughs> I'm looking at Lorenzen right now. Easy. Okay. The fastball averaged uh, 94 miles an hour, which is pretty middle of the pack, actually. Believe it or not, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. He gets decent amount of chases. Doesn't strike I, many. Out. The one and, thing, the one thing about Lorenzen is we we'd had a conversation last year where we were told that that they didn't love Lorenzen at the deadline last year. So I I do, and obviously there's new leadership there, and that can change things. But I don't know. I I I feel like we would have heard that connection a little bit more at this point. But, hey, that might check two boxes. He's a right-handed power bat too. Remember he's Oh to my hit. god, he can hit. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so fun. That would be the most red <laughs> The right-handed power solution. Michael Lorenzo. He's a pitcher. <laughs> this this will be like when they signed Hanley Ramirez and they were like, "Oh buddy, you think he doesn't fit? He's playing left field." You know what's funny? Yeah. Um I I was actually thinking about Hanley the other day. He wasn't as bad as people like remember. Well, he was him. good. Yeah, that what was it? 20 2017. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had like 30 home runs and over 100 RBI. And he I know did, those are outdated stats, but like come on, no, man. No, Sammy, it's cuz he it's cuz he had a slightly down maybe more than slightly down offensive first year and he was in left field like yeah, like, oh. looking like a clown out there. It would look bad, but Okay, listen to this. Listen to this. 2016 Hanley Ramirez. I would kill to have this guy on the team right now. 30 home runs, 111 RBIs, oh, 866 yeah. OPS, 126 OPS plus, hit 286. And he and he had a uh, 620 plate appearances, so he played all year. That's that's a good season. That's good. That's what they need. I loved Hanley. Hanley was like my first as a kid white whale who I wanted the Red Sox to get. Because I was like, oh, we had him, and his name is almost Manny Ramirez. Like, we yeah. got to get this guy back. And for I, um, years, they were in the rumors, and then finally they made it happen. I was at that game where he walked off the Yankees. Oh, I was there, too. Oh, nice. Of course you were. Of course. There was I, this – I was standing room behind home plate, the uh, the section I was standing, and um, there was this guy who was like a Yankees fan, this big dude. And what was it, like 5-1 to one going into the ninth inning? Like, it was not – we felt not good about it that game. Yeah. And I just remember it was like a three or four run game. And this Yankees fan was talking so much shit to everyone around, like in the area, just everyone just roasting them. Hanley hits the home run ball lands. Everyone goes crazy. I see the Yankees fan literally sprinting out of Fenway going down the stairs. He didn't even oh, stay yeah. to get it back. He, he ran. And my friend was like, look, he's running, he's running. And the guy just ran. And he was a big dude too. Like, like big tough guy, and he just <laughs> Hanley sent him out of the building. It was great. I was there. I was there with my buddy and both of our dads, 
and the dads both left after like the eighth or something, maybe after the seventh, because it was so just like, a, so I, my, yeah, dads, the dads left, the dads yeah. left. Beat the but traffic. We were there. I want to say we moved up because we were we were home plateish too. We were in the home plate loge, so not that far away from you. But we moved up to like really close seats for that ninth inning. That was electric. He was he was just a he was a good time. I, I liked Hanley. Hanley got too much of a bad rep. I agree with you, Sammy. He was a good player. When I say behind home plate, I mean like you know, you know all the way up where there's like you can stand and you lean on the railing and you look straight ahead and yes. you kind of pull above. Yeah. Um, sections 19 through 22, I believe ish area. If I remember correctly, sorry, I, I forgot. I'm supposed to boycott Fenway. I'm not supposed to be talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My bad everyone. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, Hanley, question, Litke. Yeah. Licky, Licky. That's, that's what I was going to ask you is Licky. Yeah. You want to no. do, you want to do like another hour about Lucas Litke? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. No, no, no. Uh, before I transition us to enough said, uh, if you're listening to this now, Super Bowl's over. Don't we don't know who won, but you do. Uh, do you consider the Super Bowl ending to be the start of baseball season? I don't. Everyone else says it. I'll probably tweet it, but I won't believe it. No, I'm. No, because we. No, no, baseball doesn't start until the end of March, April. Spring training. Yo, okay, can I have a take? Spring training games after like the first two innings are so boring. Because nobody's trying. You're just you're just seeing pitchers throw fastballs. So it's like you don't even know if what you're seeing is real. So you're kind of like, like, I'll watch the first few spring training games. But then after that, I kind of just want to see the starters. And then I'll catch the top prospect that bats later on. I just can't. That's, it's hard for me to get into spring training. It's it's so slow. Yeah. It's so chill. It's chill, I should say. It's like too chill. That's, that's how I watch it. I basically, we usually know the schedule of pitchers ahead of time. Yeah. So I'll watch I'll watch basically as long as we have Red Sox pitchers actually like real Red Sox pitchers throwing. Like once we see like these guys who I've never heard of at that at that point I'm kind of out. But if the prospects are getting at bats like I'll keep an eye on the phone, I'll turn it back on like it's always flexible. I don't have to I, I can turn on for the 7th if if Marcelo's getting in in the 7th. For sure. I get like super excited for the first two games. I'm like, "Let's go, baseball's back." And then after yeah. that I'm like, "All right, I'm ready for the real thing now. That was cool to see the guys like, oh, so-and-so has a new batting stance. Look at that. They move their hands. Shit like that. Like I like for a little bit, but then I'm just Jones and for I'm Jones. It's way too long. It is way too long. And I get why yeah. it needs to be for like the pitchers and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it. But and I, and don't don't take this to me. And I don't I, like I, I want it televised. Give me as Same. many of these games televised as possible. For the love of God, I hate when there's when there's these games on and you can't even watch it if you want to. But. Ugh, it's way too long, and it is weird though. Think about it. Baseball does start like major, like real baseball. Opening day is next month. Like you can say that. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, I, I'm excited. You get out there and lose 85. I mean, get out there and play your hardest. <laughs> It'll be great. Oh Go god! Start. Do you have any enough said, Sammy? Oh, um, god. Yeah, don't you want to, our, uh, to see if we're right? Oh. Or it's, well, we can't yes. change these because we're doing it before the game and we're releasing after. Um, yes. Okay, I'm going to go. So I want San Francisco to win, but I think Kansas City is going to win the uh, the boring dynasty sequel to the Brady-Belichick dynasty. This is the Mahomes-Reed. I'm going to go 27 to... 
27 to 20. Chiefs win. Okay. I think I'm going to take, and I was originally going to going to have 34-31 Chiefs, but then I remember that Chris Murphy said 34-31 Niners. So I'm going to ride with Murph. I'm going to go 34-31 Niners. In fact, I'm going to put some money on that as soon as we hop off here on the uh, exact score bet. We'll put like two bucks on it, exact score, and uh, we'll get the payout. And maybe maybe uh, maybe we'll we'll have some fun with that cash when I win. But okay. any well, any other enough said from you? I've got one if you don't have anything. Yeah, my enough said is uh, I'm going to react to the Super Bowl now because uh, like I said before we start recording, Regardless of who wins, I'm going to spin it in a positive for Tom Brady. So here's my reaction to if the if the Chiefs win. <clears throat> oh, my God, Mahomes is really amazing. It's incredible that Brady's the only one to beat him multiple times. Brady really is the GOAT, huh? And then here's my reaction if the Niners win. <laughs> Mahomes is never going to catch Brady. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think I – think- the better the better outcome for for us Brady truthers is just make sure Mahomes doesn't get within two of Brady and there's never an argument. But I agree, there's a there's a way to positively spin it because Brady beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship game and then he beat him again in the Super Bowl and Mahomes never beat him when it mattered in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know take funny. If if Mahomes wins uh, today, yesterday, if you're listening on Monday, that he's still not even halfway to Brady in terms of rings. That's so, wild. He's got no shot. Come on. The, let's be real. The, he's never the, Brady, <laughs> the Brady Super Bowl stats are always the fun. Like the fact that Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than any single NFL franchise <laughs> is absolutely crazy. hysterical. And people think Mahomes is going to Mahomes, who already has had some injury concerns and is like, he runs a lot, moves around a ton. He makes a ton of money too. So he's not going to have those premier weapons to, uh, like protecting him. Or guys to throw to. There's no shot. Nobody's ever going to catch Brady. It's crazy. And his his best guy's getting older too. Like we'll see what happens when Kelsey's out. Give it another year or two. Like we'll see. Yeah, Kelsey but, is his top wide receiver. Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, smirky, smirky. But yeah, my enough said Super Bowl related to uh, weird little thing about me. My dad is a Chiefs fan. Like, I literally Why? grew up. He grew up in Rhode Island and his neighbors were big Chiefs fans and always had the Chiefs games on. So he rooted for the Chiefs with them. He's got like a framed signed Len Dawson jersey. Like this isn't some bandwagon shit. Like he's been a Chiefs fan my whole life. It's just that they stunk. Who the if hell it, is Len Dawson? He's that uh, Chiefs player. You ever see the picture of like during like a halftime of, I don't even want to say it was a Super Bowl. It was like whatever the Super Bowl was before they called it the Super Bowl. And he's like smoking a cigarette at halftime. You'll know. The, I want to say you'll know the picture if you've seen it. My my football knowledge ends with the Patriots. I'm just socks guy. All right, all right, all right. Well, the, some the listeners will know the picture if they don't know Len Dawson. They'll maybe they'll know Len Dawson, but yeah, uh, he's got that framed signed jersey. If the Chiefs were better when we were younger, or when I was younger, because you're like 50. Uh, if the Chiefs were better when I was younger, I might be a Chiefs fan, which would be. Freaking horrible. I'm just so glad that that didn't happen to me. That might be the best thing my dad ever did is he passed on all of his teams to me except his football team. I can't root for a team if there's not like a Boston connection to it. Yeah, I've, I've seen we got the picture up. I've, I've never seen this picture. You've never seen that. That it's the second one. Oh, I thought that was like USC. I, I have seen that. I thought that was a college team. 
Yeah, that's the picture. Thank you, Coop. Oh yeah, look, there is a Chiefs helmet behind. Um, yeah, see, Wind my awesome. thing with sports is like it's it's like appropriate tribalism. Like the reason I like the teams I like is because they're from the place I grew up in. Yeah, I want to beat the other places. Like I can't. I've never been to Kansas City. I'll probably never go to Kansas City. I can't make myself give a shit about any team from Kansas City or any other place that's not New England, just because it's like I don't have that connection. It's not my region, you know. So. I can't. Yeah. yeah, I don't get people who like grow up here. Not not like who just like root for like Green Bay. Like, why? You been to Green Bay? <laughs> I get it. Like, if you're if like it runs in your family or something. But like, I've I've got people who root, I've got friends who root for college teams of colleges that none of their family went to that school and they didn't go to that school. Or they were even rejected from the school. And we always used to shit on them for that. And I just yeah, it's you got to have the allegiance. But yeah, I have a friend who's like a diehard Michigan State fan because he got an acceptance letter from them, but didn't go to them. <laughs> that was they they accepted me. They... Coop they... just brought up the Kansas City Royals have a 15 and 7 record versus the Giants. They've only played 22 times. Does that include that? Probably doesn't include the World Series. I yeah, mean, that's which, true. That's true. Which the Giants? Well, that would only that would just add four to the Giants and one or in three to the to the Royals. But oh, yeah. this, this, uh, more here. more reason to bet Chiefs like Sammy did uh, because of the Royals and the Giants. Well, that makes perfect sense. Hold up. It before interleague play. Like they wouldn't have played at all. Yeah, it makes sense. I it's guess. only it's recently true. that they started playing. Yeah. It's a really weird matchup city-wise. San Francisco, Kansas City. Could not think of two more opposite places. Culturally different places. But that was Coop's nugget. I'm going to piece it. Oh, Thanks, Coop. A dose of coop for you. Coop, coop, coop working behind the scenes. But Sammy, any other thoughts before we wrap up here? No, my well, my last thought would be I think I think the Red Sox are gonna make moves this upcoming week just because doesn't it feel like it? It feels like shit has to something has to give. Whether we didn't we intentionally didn't talk about the Kenley thing because we feel like there's a good chance that could happen very soon. Um, and we don't want to be outdated. But what if and when Kenley does get moved? We'll hopefully have an emergency. I kind of hope it happens out of schedule so we can have that excitement panic of like jumping on the pod and recording. So I do love that. We'll, we'll see what happens with Kenley and the, the four starters, if you're being generous, and the <laughs> lack of the number three. Just feel the goddamn team. Anyway. Just complete the roster. Complete the that's roster. That's that's all we want. That might be that's the episode name. Just just complete the roster. There you go. There but you go, Coop. That that has been Episode 38 of Play Tessie. Sammy here with Gordo, and uh, we got Coop behind the scenes. But uh, before, you, before you log off, before you click somewhere else, just remember, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, wherever you're listening, if it's the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you're on the YouTube channel, which we have, we've been really excited about getting everything up on the YouTube channel lately. It's been super cool. Uh, love growing on YouTube. Hit us up on that WEI YouTube channel and maybe uh, rate that. Actually, YouTube doesn't have stars. It's just thumbs up, thumbs down. Give us that thumbs up. But thumbs on the up, other thumbs up, thumbs leave up. us a nice comment. That's yeah, just that's all we want. Subscribe, maybe save, save the actual playlist folder somewhere in your laptop or your phone. Do that. Yeah, thumbs literally all of video. these things because you love Play Tessie and we love you. So do all those things. Support the team. Support the team. Support us. Because we support the Red Sox. We support you. You support us. But for Sammy, for Coop behind the scenes, for Gordo here, it's been Play Tessie. Episode 38, thanks for tuning in. Toodaloo.